The readings taken from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 13, verses 10 to 17. On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leader said to the people, There are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. The Lord answered him, You hypocrites! Doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free from the Sabbath day from what bound her? When he said this, all of his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you very much, Simon. Hello again, everyone. Um, as Eleanor said, we're continuing um, our long series, preaching series through Luke's Gospel. As it's the beginning of term, I just want to give a little shout out to these uh, Luke's Scripture journals. We're giving away these for free. Um, and the idea is there's the text on one side, there's lines on the other, so you can scribble and doodle. Yes, wave it if you got it. And if you don't have one and you'd like one, put your hand up now and we can get some to you. Yes, there's one down here <laughs> at the front. Mark's going to come and get those. Um, this is amazing. Great. Really recommended. Use them. Continue to use them. Do bring them to church. Let's pray uh, as, we, as we come to uh, God's Word now. Heavenly Father, yes, thank you for your goodness. Thank you that you are good and that your goodness is chasing us down, Lord, that you take the initiative. And uh, Lord, as we reflect on the, your word now, uh, an example of just that, we pray, would you come speak to us? Lord, some of us have known you a long time, some just a short while, some of us might not know you yet, but we pray you'd come and speak to us now, and we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So... We're looking today, Luke chapter 13, 10 to 17, uh, where this, uh, this woman is healed by Jesus and set free. Um, so Jesus is teaching in a synagogue in the Jewish place of prayer. It's the Sabbath day of rest. And there's a woman there, isn't there, who's been suffering. So she's been suffering for 18 years. Maybe she's, this is like as long as she can remember. She's been suffering with this infirmity, um, this disease. She can't, the, the, the physical manifestation as she's bent over, can't, she can't straighten up. But, uh, but there's more to it than that. Uh, Luke tells us, doesn't he, there's, like, there's a spiritual element to what's going on um, in her suffering, as indeed there is with 
all suffering that we experience in life. And it's very interesting that, uh, that Luke, the gospel writer, you know, who's a doctor, he's the beloved physician, he diagnoses it this way. He diagnoses there's something spiritual going on. Um, so clearly there was. Um, and, you know, in our, in our life struggles, it might be with health, it might be with relationships, uh, with responsibilities, with injustice, there's always, the Bible tells us, a, like a spiritual dimension um, to them. You know, the, the devil would love to use them to, to like bind us up um, and make us weak and draw us away from God. And it's not, that, it's not that this woman's disease is caused by the devil. That's not what's going on here. But it's that through it, the devil has like just ground her down over the long years of attrition of dealing with this. Uh, the sense in the, the original Greek that this is written in, the New Testament is written in, is um, of a debilitating weakness. The, the, uh, the Greek word is asthenia. It means infirmity, yes, but also like weakness, debilitation. We see it twice in our passage. The first is in verse 11. It says, um, a woman was there who'd been crippled by a spirit. In the Greek, a woman's there who had a spirit of infirmity, a spirit of weakness. And then we see it again, don't we, when Jesus pronounces healing. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward. He said to her, woman, you are free from your infirmity. Asthenia, you're free from this weakness that the devil has uh, wrought in your life. Jesus heals her, and you know, she's not only f healed physically, she straightens up, she's, she's healed, um, but she's also set free from the spiritual chains that Satan has bound her with for all those years. Um, so the key thought in this sermon this morning is this. This is, this is maybe one to write down. Um, this is where we're going, is this. The devil wants to bind you, but the Lord comes to free you. The devil wants to bind you, but the Lord comes to free you. I wonder how might the devil be seeking to bind you up in your life? It might be to do with health. It might be something else. But, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not unaware of his schemes when we look and we, we could discern these things. And, you know, binding up is it's in the devil's playbook. It's his modus operandi. It's how he works. He loves to restrict, to isolate us, to shame us. It, it doesn't sound like that when we're being tempted, does it? But that's what the devil wants. That's where he always aims towards. And it's the exact opposite of what God wants for us. Um, those of you who know me a little bit know that um, I'm a massive fan of The Lord of the Rings, Tolkien, J.R.R. Tolkien. I love Tolkien, wonderful Christian man, he, devout Christian, and he wrote Lord of the Rings, really full of Christian theology. And I'm, I'm rereading it at the moment. Um, and the, the, the quest uh, involves the one ring. We've got a picture of it here. Uh, this evil, powerful tool of the great enemy of all that is good in the world. And its, um, its power is to dominate. It dominates all the other magical rings which are used by the leaders of the different nations. 
Um, and the inscription, you can see the inscription on the, the ring there. It reads like this. Maybe you know it. One ring to rule them all. One ring to find them. One ring to bring them all and in the darkness bind them. This idea, you know, these, these rings of power are offered with great, could make, you could do great things with them, but ultimately uh, the, 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 the nine rings that are given to, uh, to, to men, um, they end up being enslaved by them and they become literally shadows of their former selves. They become the ring wraiths, some of the deadliest uh, kind of monsters in uh, the Lord of the Rings. And that's what the devil wants to do in our lives. You know, he wants to bind us. He wants to reduce us, just as he did that poor woman. And it's Jesus that co who comes to set us free from that state of affairs, just like he did that woman on that synagogue, in that synagogue on that Sabbath day. The devil's strategy is to bind, but the Lord's is to release. Now, that might not mean physical healing uh, for us. It might not mean really harmonious resolution, but what it always means is a spiritual freedom and release, the truest and strongest kind of freedom. And Jesus offers that to you today, to each one of us today. So what we're going to look at now is four different things the Lord comes to free you for, okay? Jesus comes to free you. The devil wants to bind you. He, wants, he comes to free you. Four things that Jesus does that for. Um, for us. The first one is relationship. The Lord comes to free you for relationship. The devil wants to isolate us, but the Lord comes to adopt us. Hear the tender language of the Savior. Verse 12, woman, you are set free from your infirmity. In the English, sounds a bit, sounds maybe a little bit rude, you know, Woman, you're free from your infirmity. That's not at all what's going on. This is how Jesus refers to his mom. Uh, and he loved his mother and was very respectful of Mary. So in the, in the um, New Testament Greek, uh, gune, this is perhaps an English, perhaps the closest English um, parallel might be, you know, if you were to have met the queen, you might call, you'd call her mom. You know, it's this respect. And uh, Jesus affords this woman respect um, as he heals her and frees her. And then ahead to verse 16, when Jesus is getting into the dispute with the synagogue leader, he says, Should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan's kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day? She's a daughter of Abraham. She and all of us in Christ are welcomed in, invited in to Jesus family into relationship uh, with him. Romans 15, uh, Romans 8, verse 15 and 16, the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship and daughterhood. By him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Amen. That is true for us, and we see it here in our passage, and this is how Jesus deals with us. You know, the freedom Jesus offers us isn't just unlocking the prison door and then leaving us. You know, Jesus doesn't let us go at the prison gate, but he takes us home with him. Um, at least in the UK, and I'm sure 
across the world as well, there's a tragically high reoffending rate for those who um, have spent time in prison. I was looking it up this week. Nearly a quarter of adults who uh, spend time in prison in the UK end up reoffending, and that goes up to over half those who serve less than a year uh, sentence. Um, you know, when ongoing support and love and community are not offered, um, it's, it's not much good for us. <laughs> it's no good for God to set us free if he doesn't take us into his home. That's exactly what he does. Jesus invites us into relationship with him to receive his Holy Spirit, not just a discharge package that the government gives, but full adoption into family. How amazing is that? Um, a, a previous church I was part of, there was in Oxford, there was a, a ministry there. They used to meet uh, people at the gate, at the prison gate, to love them, to give them a home, to invest in them, to give them work. It's a wonderful ministry to see, to hear testimony from. And uh, the prison fellowship operates all around the country. And I know there are folks in St. Paul's Church who are part of ministry um, to, to those who are... Um, you know, who are part of that whole system. Also at St. Paul's, we have our well-being cafe, don't we, on Monday mornings, and food bank, food bank cafe Thursday afternoons. These are places where we try to do just a little bit of our part to support those um, who are at a loss. The devil wants to bind you, but the Lord comes to free you for relationship. Second, the Lord comes to free you for praise. The devil wants to silence us, but the Lord comes to help us to sing. Amazing to just worship together with you this morning, church, and to hear your voices uh, together. Verse 13, Jesus put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. That's the first thing she did. She gave God thanks. She praised him. It's natural to praise God. It's a privilege to praise the Lord. But, you know, so often, I don't know about you, but speaking just for myself, so often um, life just kind of grinds us down and we forget the joy and the blessing and, and the duty of praise. This is why uh, when we come to a church service, we always start and finish with praise. We sing a, a song of worship. Uh, because that is what we're made for. It's how we respond to the Lord. It's why praying the Psalms in your personal prayer life is so beneficial. Can I recommend it to you, you know, to just to sing the highs as well as the lows um, that are contained in that book of prayers in the Old Testament of the Bible. C.S. Lewis, had Tolkien, now we'll have C.S. Lewis. Um, he wonderful, again, Christian writer and thinker about the Christian life, apologist and evangelist. He describes like choosing to praise God as like, sometimes it's like digging um, channels through a desert in order that the water, when the water comes, it comes through and it just irrigates everything and it brings life. Um, and, you know, so when it comes, we're ready to receive it. And here's the thing about this, this woman. She was at the place of prayer. You know, she was ready to worship that Sabbath day. She was faithful in prayer and praise, regardless of her circumstances. 18 years 
She had suffered, and yet she was there. She wasn't going to miss a Sabbath day to, to come and praise. What a saint. <laughs> what an example for us. I feel like this is the kind of person who would come to the source, praise and prayer, our monthly prayer and worship night. She'd be there to praise. You know, she dug those channels in the heat of the spiritual wilderness for 18 years, and she was ready to praise when deliverance came. I wonder if deliverance came for you and for me right now, will we be ready to praise? Uh, Yeah, would we be ready? Would you and I be ready? Was it easy for her? No, absolutely not. But she was there. So here's my encouragement. Don't let your lot in life keep you from the house of worship of God. Come, uh, come and praise him. The devil wants to bind you, but the Lord comes to free you for praise. Just a little bit of water. If you're needing water, there is some at the back. Do help yourselves, please. Number three, the Lord comes to free you for salvation. The devil wants to condemn us, but the Lord comes to save us. Now we're getting to the heart of what's really going on here. You know, our bodies are really important to Jesus, yes, but so much more are our souls, you know, our our eternal destiny. Do you know you and everyone in the world has an eternal destiny, and it's so important to the Lord. Um, I love this painting. It's a very simple painting, um, which we've used for the, the background for the slides. I love how Jesus bends down. He comes down to that woman's level. He comes down to our level uh, when he comes to meet us. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 17, there's a, there's a quotation from Isaiah. Matthew writes, This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities, asthenia, same word, and bore our diseases. Now, I don't know how well you know your NIV, um, Old Testament book of Isaiah. If you look in the, if you have a Bible, you can flip over now. It doesn't actually say that in the English that we have in NIV. NIV, Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4, surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. The thing is, Matthew is actually Looking at the Hebrew, the Old Testament is originally written in Hebrew, choli is the, uh, the Hebrew, and is translating it more literally, means sickness. It's like weakness that just comes through being ill for a very long time. Um, surely he bore our infirmities. Doesn't just heal, doesn't, Jesus doesn't just snap his fingers and go, okay, that's good, you're done. He, not like some politician in their office government office, signing it. Okay, that's good. It's done now. No, Jesus comes in. He comes to us. He calls us. He reaches out. He embraces us, and he speaks healing to us. You know, and, um, and supremely, of course, he bore, he bore all of that pain and sin and weakness on the cross for you and for me to release us from it forever in the spiritual realm, in this life and the next. I wonder, do you believe that today? We had a, that, that prophetic word at the beginning of the service, that, that word to look up. 
It's totally from this passage um, today. Um, St. Augustine of Hippo, uh, church leader, fourth century bishop and theologian, he talks, he said, sin, it's, it's like sin, he, actually he's commenting on this passage, sin kind of bows us down with earthly concerns. All we can see is what's beneath us, you know, our responsibilities, stress, uh, maybe our ambitions, you know, all of this stuff. And we need God to heal us to be able to see the heavenly reality, you know. To, we need God to come and speak that word of healing um, for us, which he longs to do for you. Um, and we've mentioned Alpha, but, you know, if you're, a, uh, if you're not a Christian here today or watching later or, or online, um, and, you know, or perhaps you feel like you're actually you're not sure, about faith, about Jesus, or maybe you just really resonate with this woman and just feel like so ground down by this, uh, the devil's attritional warfare that uh, you're just not quite sure what you believe anymore. I would love to invite you to join us for Alpha this term. It starts 27th of uh, September. It's running Wednesday night. It's free. This is a 10-week course, chance to ask all your questions about Jesus, the Bible, prayer, evil, all of this stuff. I uh, would love to see you. You can sign up, grab a flyer from our welcome desk, and um, we would love to see you there, or chat to me or uh, any of the team about that. The devil wants to bind you, but the Lord comes to free you for salvation. Fourthly and finally, to close, the Lord comes to free you for delight. The devil wants to discourage us but the Lord comes to give us joy. Final verse of our passage. Um, after the debate with the synagogue leader, it says, when Jesus said this, all his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted at all the wonderful things he was doing. The Lord comes to set us free to delight. You know, this isn't a sermon about the Sabbath. It could be, um, but we have covered that um, in other sermons and, and will do in the future, I'm sure, in, in Luke's Gospel. But I just want to finish with a note of caution for us. Jesus comes to free people. So church, let's not get in the way. Let's not get in the way of the Lord. That synagogue leader that day, I'm sure he was, trying, he was doing it from perhaps the best possible motive, but he tried to get in the way that day. He completely missed what was going on. He completely missed what the Sabbath was really about. He was so caught up with all the rules that, that had been bolted on top of the Old Testament, in which Jesus kind of points out the, um, the, the inconsistency. You know, this wasn't about unlawful work. Jesus, what did he do? He, he embraced and he spoke. Those are, not pre, those are not prescribed in the Old Testament. Um, or even in the rabbinic uh, rules of the first century. Um, and in fact, you know, Jesus is pointing out that the day of gathering for prayer and worship is the most fitting time to be healed, not the other way around. You know, um, we would, I just want to say, we would love to pray today for, for healing 
for you. If, you, if you're suffering with something, we'd love to pray. We'll have a moment to pray in just, in just a second um, all together. Um, and then at the end of the service, we'll have a prayer ministry team at our side chapel. We'd love to pray for, for healing for anything, physical, emotional, spiritual. Maybe you want to come to Christ, <laughs> put your trust in Jesus today. We'd love to pray um, for you because we believe this is, the, this is the most fitting place for God to come and heal and save. The devil wants to bind you but the Lord comes to free you for delight. We're going to sing um, a song in just a moment. Um, wonderful hymn. Yeah, perhaps band, band can come up. We'll, we'll, I'll introduce the song, then we'll pray, and then we'll sing. Um, Eleanor suggested this as the final song today, and I was like, yes, this is the best song to sing. An old Wesleyan hymn, And Can It Be, contains this verse. Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine eye diffused a quickening ray, I woke the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off, my heart was free, I rose, went forth, and followed thee. <laughs> amen, amen. Um, our purpose here at St. Paul's Church, as many will know, is to follow Jesus the way, the truth, and the life. He's come to set us free to follow him. For relationship with God, for praise of God, for salvation to God, and for delight in God. Can I invite you to stand if you're able, and we're going to pray now, and then we will sing. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Yes, we thank you that you come to free us. And Lord, we just hold before you now those places we're aware that it's like we've been just bound up. It's like the joy has just been sucked away. Lord, the life, the energy, the hope. Thank you, you come to heal us. Thank you that you love us. Lord, would you lift our eyes to see your face today? For, uh, for those, of, those of us who perhaps are just feeling really distant from, from Jesus right now, or like we just, you know, we, we've, we've never believed in him. Lord, would you come and come. Thank you, you stoop down to our level and you heal us. Would you come and, and work that in our lives, Lord? We're, we're open to it. Lord, would you grow in us a desire for praise? And Lord, would you use us as agents of healing in the world? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.